0: KG and this is not safe for networks. Tucky skies. I'm Biggs. and I'm Brandon. How's it going, Brandon? Moist, very moist. <laughs> moist. Why is that? It's the rain. <laughs> awesome. So we got a phone call in between, so I had to stop because I was too dumb to silence my phone and too dumb to silence it right now. <laughs> Still <so> not silenced. <laughs> Let me take care of that. <laughs> Anywho. <laughs> Let's just get started with the show proper. Uh, so what was it that you just had me watch and will never get out of the recesses of my mind? It's called The Happy Time Murders, and I had you watch the Red Band trailer. <laughs> it was clearly a Red Band trailer. There's no way that's going normally. Um, and
1: actually, there was more more than just like just look at this fucked up trailer I watched. Um the producers of sesame street actually sued the producers for the the happy time murders um, because they used in the trailer they used no sesame all street <laughs> as their tagline it's
0: it's essentially it looks like a super dirty who framed roger rabbit yeah but with muppets instead of cartoons and not like so, not famous Muppets, just generic Muppets, right? Like, yeah, and they never use the term Muppets; it's they always call them puppets, right? But it's a Melissa McCarthy movie. It looked like I saw, uh, oh, what's her name? Always played Beyonce on Saturday. Night oh, Night Maya Live. Rudolph. Yeah, Maya Rudolph. Uh, it looks Joel McHale. Yeah, it looks pretty funny. I gotta <laughs> say it, that guy from the office who played Stanley. Yeah. I don't know the actor's name, no, but no idea there. Yeah.
1: Um and uh it was actually it looks like it was produced by Brian Henson, who's Jim Henson's son. <laughs> so
0: messed up. Yeah, I was like by the producer of like all these Muppet movies, like what?
1: Yeah, it had like the Muppet Christmas Carol and a bunch of other Muppet movies. Yeah. What was that called again? The
0: happy time murders. I'm definitely seeing this.
1: (laughs) (laughs) This is where that, uh, eight 99 a month comes in.
0: Yeah. For, uh, for, uh, movie Movie pass. pass. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to pay for it once the original thing ends, but like if it comes out before then, yeah, I'm seeing it somehow. (laughs) Yeah, it has a sex scene which ends in the guy jizzing silly string. (laughs) Pretty much. For, I'd say, a good solid 30 seconds. Most of that, at least. With a break and then another (laughs) 15
1: seconds.
0: (laughs) A little bit crazy. (laughs) Well, let's move on to some more human garbage. Uh, So, Roseanne... (sighs) Yeah, I know. We'll just say it for people who don't know. But she put out a tweet that was about Valerie Jarrett, the former aide of Obama. I'm just going to read this here. Know that I in no way endorse this tweet because this is fucked up. But um, Muslim Brotherhood and Planet of the Apes had a baby equals VJ. Uh, So I think it's safe to say that was a pretty racist tweet. That's
1: pretty racist.
0: Yeah. uh, Roseanne got pulled from ABC. Uh, they pulled it off of Hulu, so you can't watch like the uh renewal or the renewal of the show on Hulu. Kinda glad I didn't jump into it because I don't have to have this like un <sighs> i don't know horrible feeling that something I was watching like went awful um but Roseanne really went awful. I know Wanda Sykes was like a consulting producer on it. She quit right before a b c pulled the show. Um, after that tweet came out because it's fucking racist. Like, there's it's it's w- one thing that pisses me off is like reading all the political football around it, and there's people that are just like trying to equate it. Like, I think Roseanne said something about how like Muslims not a race, it's a religion, and it's like, yeah, but the planet of the apes thing pretty much says what you were trying to say too. Yeah, it's just, ugh, it's just. Fucking hateful, and um, I don't know. Like Roseanne blamed it on Ambien, but <laughs> to my knowledge, Ambien doesn't make you racist, it just makes you. Did sleepy. you actually
1: see the uh, because the Sanofi, the makers of Ambien, put out a tweet that says, uh, most pharmaceutical products do have side effects of some or some sort or another. One of the side effects to Ambien is. Is not racism.
0: Yeah, it's... (laughs) There's no excuse for it. Um, She was trying to make a joke, and she went over the line, and it's it's because she's got hate in her heart. Let's be honest, man. Like, people that always say this racist shit and then try and walk it back and, and try and excuse it. They always try and say like, well, no, I was making a joke, or no, it was this, or no it was that. It's like, yeah, but you said something inherently racist and now you're like, you don't want to be called a racist, but you know, I calls them like I sees them, and that was pretty racist. So I don't know any other way to put it. I'm I'm glad she's losing her show. I feel bad for the other people that were on the show who have to deal with the fallout of it. But that's what you get when you go in leagues with somebody like that, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's unfortunate, but she really did show her true colors as a Trump supporter. Didn't she?
1: Yeah. It came out screaming at the end. Yeah. Yeah. um, I did see a quick interview
0: with, uh, John Goodman? That's it. Where he basically... Yeah, that was a whole lot of... Much ado about nothing. That was a lot of
1: nothing. It was
0: all over the internet that, like, John Goodman addresses the controversy, and he doesn't. He says, I'm not going to say anything because it it only has the potential to make it worse. Like, Yeah. That's not saying anything. (laughs) But, you know, that's just clickbait. And he's going to be fine. Yeah, I I don't Uh, think anybody blames John Goodman for any of this. No. Yeah. Um. So we watched Cobra Kai. Fuck yeah, we did. Yeah, I saw the first three episodes. Brandon, you saw the first two. I saw, saw I the, saw the, 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 two first, the, the two free on YouTube. Yeah. <sighs> the two
1: free on YouTube.
0: Yeah, I saw the two free and then signed up for the free thing on Dude, Red, it, Red. Like, because it like
1: right. really pushed for the signing up for YouTube Red after I watched those two. I'm like. I really
0: want to do that. Yeah, I got to walk back what I just said. YouTube Red, not Red Tube. Whole different thing. <laughs> not the same. I've never signed up for Red Tube. <laughs> I've tasted their wares. I have not, like, paid for it. <laughs> Dude, I almost blew the mic right there. <laughs> Happy Time Murders, man. <laughs> so, what'd you think? Oh, fuck. It hit every beat i wanted it to it's so great like it's it's so it essentially i would say that character 1a is johnny the bully from the karate kid uh, yeah
1: the the golden pretty boy
0: yeah the one who sweeps the leg and then uh daniel larusso like played by ralph Macchio, like they're they're reprising the original roles roles but uh He's like 1B, right? Like They're the two main characters, but I'd say Daniel Russo is like the secondary character. You saw the first two. I saw the first two. So the first one, he's hardly in it. The second one, it's like probably half and half. See, it it
1: kind of shows like the first two episodes, they're kind of set up like the first episode is what's happening in uh, uh, Johnny's Johnny's life. life. And kind of showing what's go, what's leading up to where I feel like the season's really going to start kicking off. Um, so it's leading up to that from his perspective, like mm-hmm. his life, shit, like he's like basically living on his own. Like wakes up to a bottle of Coors, like
0: yeah, f- pretty life. Freaking out at his TV when Daniel LaRusso is karate-kicking high prices for, like, a car commercial.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, like, he's driving down the street, and, like, there's fucking big Danny LaRusso motors, like, billboards. <laughs> and, he's and fucking listening to it on the radio. And like.
0: everything he does it in is, like, some kind of karate reference, like, over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> and then, like, the second episode...
1: Kind of flips it and shows it from Danny LaRusso, kind of like this almost the same time period,
0: yeah, but very like as- shortly after. Like uh, the events of the first one have already happened, but it's like what the next day or something, yeah, it's like within the next week or two, yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then the third episode, I would say, if I remember right, is about 50 50, but I feel like Johnny is more the star of this. But I don't know. We'll see as it goes on. But what I really like about it is. <clears throat> so this is like really clever writing is they've taken things that have been pointed out. I think I mentioned on the podcast once that like I just rewatched the Karate Kid last summer. And what really struck me I was watching is like Daniel LaRusso is a bit of a dick. Like he, he is, a is, bit he a is being picked on and he's being bullied. Which is no, no excuse. Like, let me get that out right away. And they gang up on him and like beat the shit out of him. But then when he knows he's got these bullies after him, like he shows up to the dance. He's like hiding in the shower curtain thing, but then he sees them in the bathroom and he like puts a hose from the kit or from the bathroom sink and like drenches them in the stalls while they're in the bathroom stalls. So he's like, fucking antagonizing these people he knows are looking to kick the shit out of him so it's like what are you doing dude like it's a total douche move and when you see it from johnny's perspective which is also like this new guy shows up steals my girlfriend you know yeah (laughs) and and uh and so it's like it's you kind of like you understand it from his perspective but they also paint him as a douche With a soft underbelly. You know what I mean? Like he clearly peaked in high school. Yeah. It's really sad. And they don't like pull away from the fact that like he is a very sad individual. And he hasn't like moved on No, not at all. Like Since then? He peaked like twenty like before the Karate Kid. Like the end of his peak was like I'd say twenty minutes into the karate kid. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like That was his downfall yeah it's it's all downhill from there but like he clearly had peaked but in the prequel to the karate kid we never saw <laughs> like but um i i think it's really clever writing because they give you enough where like you actually care about johnny and you want to watch his story but then like they also give you daniel larusso who's like he's still he's, the same guy he was but he's now he's got a kind dog. of a dick too. I feel like he wasn't a dick though. Let's talk about that. Like I feel like he did nothing dickish. I just feel like it comes off as a dick and his daughter like he loves his daughter and has a soft spot for her, but she's hanging out with the wrong kids. Yeah. And so it's like he has a bit of a blind spot, but he also suspects it too, you know. And uh Johnny's kind of speaking to the to the fact that she's hanging out with the wrong kids, but like Johnny's a total dick. Like you haven't gotten into the third episode either, but like he like he only starts the Cobra Kai dojo to fucking piss off Daniel LaRusso. (laughs) When you really break it down, like it wasn't, it wasn't like a business venture. He was interested in like suddenly making money or whatever. It was like, Oh, I could do this and piss off like my nemesis from high school. Yeah. I'm going to do that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was it was clearly because he wanted to piss him off. So, but he tried to like pay for the car for him. He tried to like be nice to him, like uh, Daniel Larusso, you know, because his daughter like wrecks Johnny's car. Well, uh, he, oh, it's so sad, dude. He's got the same bet. Let me just say, he's got the same. No, bet it's a Pontiac. Firebird. firebird okay which like was totally cool in the 80s but like it's the same one and they even they have the paint so it's like clearly never been painted since high school so it's like peeling, peeling off. off and like just looks like shit but he still rides around with like aviators and stuff and he's like, listening he's cool. to like rad and- yeah <laughs> and like people are just staring at him he's still like hitting on younger women thinking he's totally hot and stuff. And like, nobody's seeing that he's got like this little tiny, like box TV in his house that he watches like eighties movies on. Like dude has not moved on at all. It's so sad watching him,
1: but it's so riveting. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'm, I'm a big fan of this show there's a very real possibility. I will have seen all these episodes, by next week, but I actually held off watching them this week because I wanted you to at least watch those two on YouTube so that we could be on fairly even ground. Yeah. Talking about it. But uh yeah, I really like it. I I it was a great idea. It was a, like I really liked the idea when I heard it was gonna be a comedy and centered around Johnny, and I'm like, that's crazy. Like, how do you center it around the blonde kid from the karate kid? But uh, fuck uh, if they didn't do it. They man. fucking nail it. And you know what is really great?
1: Like is it actually leads you through some of the emotions because it has flashbacks from The Karate Kid.
0: Yeah, so if you've never seen The Karate Kid or you don't remember it, they walk you through the important parts to help remind you. Like, they show Johnny, and they show, like, the, you know, from his perspective, the dickish things that Daniel LaRusso has done to him. But then, like, from from uh, Daniel LaRusso's point of view, like, you see stuff like him just being, you know, all, like, all of Johnny's friends just beating the living shit out of him and, like, you know, things like that. Him sweeping the leg and all of that stuff. So it's, like, you get all of those those important points of the movie. They, like, wheeled in and do the actual clips from the movie, which is nice. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Mm. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Like, I, that was not... That was something I hoped would be good, but I didn't hold out a whole lot of hope. And then uh started hearing good reviews, so I was like, "Ah, eh, maybe it's time to check it out. And I'm so glad I did. I'm so in on this show, man. You got any any other things you want to talk about with that? No, I think that we covered it. All right, well, I want to talk about Solo, and if you haven't seen it yet, uh, first off, hurry up, because it may not be in theaters very much longer. <laughs> But uh, I'm not gonna spoil anything in this review because Brandon hasn't seen it. No, so. I didn't. Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I want to say was like the box office. It nobody's crying over this. Like it, it made 200 million worldwide so far. Yeah, so, it was like 86 domestic, yeah. 120 overseas or something like that. Uh, As is a bit more than that. Well, maybe 120. Yeah, that sounds right. But it, it made. Let's see. I think I wrote down how much it's sitting at right now, but it, it has Tuesday's box office in that figure as well. Oh, so it's 193 million so far that it's netted. But uh for a Star Wars movie, it's a major disappointment. Um, I guess it's the least or the the smallest opening weekend since Attack of the Clones. <clears throat> so that's going back a ways, but uh and I think I just sort of want to get into like why I think it's not doing so well like money wise. I think with people who really pay attention to movies, I think it scared off a lot of people that like the original directors were fired from it, like so publicly. Um, I think that it was so close to the last Jedi I really heard it, like five months since the last Star Wars movie was out. And last Jedi probably just left theaters in some places too. You know what I mean? Like, they just put it out on Blu ray like last month. Yeah, it came out on Blu ray in March. In March? Okay. Yeah, because so.
1: I, I remember buying that for my daughter for her birthday. So
0: that's. So it's like you didn't even really have time to like rebuild Star Wars hype. But, and I think there was also a thing. They are saying a lot of casual movie fans weren't going to it who tend to go to Star Wars movies. But I think there's a thing with like the older audiences where. Like, a lot of them were looking at it and they're like, that's not Han Solo. And so they just weren't going to watch the movie, you know? Um, the trailers weren't totally great. Like, I saw one trailer I really liked, but the other ones were, like, ho-hum to me. They didn't spend a ton on advertising. There's, like, so many reasons why I don't think this did super well. But having gone to the movie and watched it, I enjoyed it. Like, it wasn't terrible. It It's probably the least of the, the Disney star Wars movies that came out, but it's like head and shoulders above the prequels. Like it's actually story wise. It's one of the better stories that they've had. Like, it's very easy to understand. It's basically a heist movie, um, with the little elements of a Western thrown in probably. And, uh, I think it was well acted, which was surprising because there was all the talk about how the, the lead connect and they didn't have him in the commercials a lot, but he actually does a pretty good job, I thought. He doesn't like do a Harrison Ford impression by any means, but there's certain ways that they light him sometimes. Like he looks like his own dude, but then there's certain times when when I watch a movie and I'm like, wow, he really looks like young Harrison Ford right there. And then, like, and then he doesn't all of a sudden. It's really weird. <laughs> like, it's sort of like the Bohemian Rhapsody trailer I was talking about, where the guy looks like Freddie Mercury, and then he doesn't, and then he does again, you know? Um, but it's just, like, little glimpses. But there's a lot of really good backstory in there. Like, they expand on some of the, you know, the, the little throwaway lines in the movies and really expand them out. Um it was interesting to see for example how Han eventually wins the Millennium Falcon and they go through that whole beat cuz he wins it from Lando, right? In this like game that they do a good job of like playing the game because you watch it and it's like, well this is no game that I have ever played cuz it's a made up Star Wars game, but you can follow like this is good, this isn't good, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh I thought Don uh Donald Glover was really good as Lando and it was weird because at certain points he was doing like a Billy D. Williams impression, but then at other points he was just doing his own thing. But like it worked, it totally worked for the movie. Um, I thought that, uh, Amelia Clark playing the love interest for Harrison Ford, they didn't really get into why they liked each other, but like I bought the relationship when I was watching it. Like it really seemed like they had chemistry together and I thought she was an interesting character. And they really foreshadow stuff with her, but it's it's interesting to watch it play out. Um I really like this movie. I thought Woody Harrelson was pretty good. Like he's just playing like a well, I don't want to give anything away, but he's basically he's playing an archetype of a character, but like he does a really good job. Like they they pick the right guy to do it, you know? Like, kind of the smuggler who's, like, teaching Han everything. It's, like, one of those movies where, like, most of the beats, you see them coming before they happen. But it's just... I thought it was done well. So I really enjoyed the movie. Um For the most part, they stayed away from, like, cameos that pull you out of the movie. Because... Like, they're exploring these younger characters, so you don't have to do that. But they do have one at the end that I'm not going to give away because you said you didn't hear about it. But I will say, just to aid anybody who hasn't seen it, there is a cameo in there that's, like, I think a great cameo at the very, very end of the movie. But if you only know it from the movie, you're going to be like, what the fuck? but if you know like your star wars has like if you've watched clone wars or rebels you will understand why that character is there and i'll just leave it at that i don't want to like give it away i'll try and respect it for you because i know you'll watch it at some point so but the cameo at the end is really cool for like they bring back a character and uh they do it in a pretty cool way i thought so i enjoyed it i'd say go see it like definitely go see it um it netted number one, but it wasn't, like, it was a week. It was a week, week at the box office. Yeah. So So, uh, you know, see it before it gets pulled out of theaters, I guess. Um,
1: I will say that there was one uh, piece of marketing for Solo, the Star Wars. Um, and I, and I, it wasn't like an official trailer. What it was was... Um when I was I was standing in line waiting for uh Infinity War and they have like a couple of uh TV screens around the like where the concessions are in our local theater and they have like just little movie quotes and stupid shit but they had a uh, um Dan or Donald Glover like doing like an MTV cribs of the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> That's great. It was and you can find it on YouTube. It's fucking great. Um he's like he's like going through like here's the apartment you can play some like uh whatever the like chess game thing is. Yeah,
0: hollow chess.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It had it called it has hollow its own ho- No, it's not hollow chess but you know what it is. It looks like a chessboard, but it's I know it's round. what you're talking about. <clears throat> he's like, you play this. Here's some, like, uh, bunks. And he hops up into a little bunk. And he's like, this is my favorite part of the station. we got a little mini bar set up here. You can make yourself a little mixed drink. And he, like, pours himself a little shaker or something. And he's like, and this is uh the cockpit. This is my favorite part here. You can, like, this is how you
0: go into hyperdrive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's find out what that game is called. Okay, Google. It's working. Oops. Great. <laughs> what is the name What is the name of chess in Star Wars? According to Business Insider, this game,
1: known as Dejarik, was featured in the original Star Wars movie. Dejarik Battle game where players pit various creatures against each other using chess-like moves. This
0: okay. was our first look at Dajaric back in the 1970s. Okay, that's enough, Google. Stop. Okay, Google. <laughs> We've had it with you, Google. <laughs> Stop trying to out-nerd the nerds. The Jarek. Sorry. Yeah, but yeah, and they definitely played the Jarik in that movie too. Which reminds me, uh, I almost forgot. Dude, Chewie is delightful in this movie. <sighs> He's so great. We get to see how him and Han got together, cause like I don't remember where, but at some point they say that uh Chewie owes Han a life debt. And so we get to see how that happens, and it happens twice, but like Chewie is fucking great in this movie, man. Like, Chewie is probably the MVP of this movie. <laughs> I walked out of the movie with my with my wife, and I was like, did you enjoy it? And she's like, yeah, I liked it a lot. And I was like, who's your favorite character? And she was like, Chewie, duh. And I was like, oh, yeah, you say that after every Star Wars movie, don't you? And she was like, yeah. <laughs> so, How do you not love Chewie, though? Chewie's great. <laughs> but Chewie's really But he didn't get a medal. Movie. No, he didn't get a medal. He never gets a medal, dude. Can't we just get Chewie a medal? Nope. The
1: answer is no. I think for the next Biggie Awards, Chewie's getting a Lifetime Achievement Award medal.
0: If I remember. (laughs) (laughs) I have to remember. Uh, So let's move on. So, A piece on Dan Harmon just released for GQ explain why rick and morty took so long to renew season four and he was saying at the time it's been renewed but we're still in negotiations hammond and roland say they're holding out for a contract that grants them immortality or if immortality is unavailable at least many 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 more seasons and enough money so that as roiland says Harmon doesn't have to take 12 other jobs while we're working on season four that way Harmon can give Rick and Morty the full attention it deserves to be able to follow his bliss without taking on a dozen other tortures for hire. So there you go. We know why Rick and Morty took so long.
1: Yeah. Kevin. I know uh, when they, because uh, they had announced the 70 episodes, we talked about that a few weeks back. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just like put two and two together why they did 70 episodes. So they get a hundred episodes. So they get hundred episodes for syndication. Yeah. That's exactly it, too.
0: Yeah, I put that together immediately. <laughs> That's one of those things. If you follow TV shows enough, you know when you hit a hundred episodes, it's a big deal. So, yeah. Um, when do we get picked up for syndication? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> when does somebody pay us? <laughs> uh, I have yet to receive my Montana ch- skies check yet. <laughs> I need my fucking podcast check. Oh yeah, I was talking about this on the porch, but I might as well bring it on the podcast. So we know we've been getting like three to four thousand hits, but like uh as to where they're coming oh. from, iTunes just had to like like fucking put out a analytics thing that only covers iPhones and iTablets. And apparently we get like 5 downloads a, w- a week from like from i devices. So, thank you to the 5 people. <laughs> I know you average an hour a listen, so that's pretty cool. Like they actually listen to the whole episode or at least close to it. Who will mean, oh, No, listen
1: to a good chunk.
0: Yeah. Uh, That was really depressing, though, like, clicking on that after, like... And seeing five. Yeah, and seeing five. It's already when we're in this, like, this time of season, we always take a dip in numbers, too. So it was just like I was already feeling bad about myself with the show. And then, like, clicking on that and being like, oh, yeah, just five. But, I mean, it occurred to me I don't see iPhones all that often anymore. Like, I see them on TV all the time, but in person, everybody I know is rolling with an Android of some sort. It Do seems you know,
1: like. I think pretty much everybody I know rolls with the Android now.
0: Yeah, it's just, there's so many shitty things. Sorry, sorry, I- listeners, all five of you. But uh, there's like so many shitty things. I respect things. your
1: choice, but
0: it's the wrong one. <laughs> yeah, I don't respect it, but whatever. It's It's fine. I rolled with an iPhone for a little while, too. Just because my wife put it up on top of the car, like before we drove off, and then we heard this sickening crack, and we turned uh. around, and the the thing was cracked, and so she didn't want to use it anymore, so she got a new phone, and I just like my iPod had broken, so I just used it as my iPod for a while until it started hurting my fingers. <laughs> I got a good two years off of that thing though <laughs> just as a sixteen gig iPod <laughs> that's a pretty weak iPod. Well, it was, I almost exclusively just used it for like podcasts. Yeah. It was fine. That was, I had a really shitty basic phone at the time, though. I had one of those ones that you like flipped open and had the little keyboard. And uh, I was fucking laughing at Adrian one time because I pulled it out and I was using that. And he's like, God, you got a really fancy phone. And the reason I gave him shit was because he was saying it in utmost seriousness, like three or four years into smartphones being a thing.
1: Yeah, should I remember? Because you had that phone and then I had like, it was pre, it was a touchscreen, but it was pre-smartphone. It was like
0: stylus or something?
1: No, it was... It was a HTC Thunderbolt and it didn't have like all of the smartphone features most phones have now. Um and but like it had this thing where you flipped out a lever on the back and it could like stand up on the table. And he was like fucking blown I away that. by it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fucking, I think he called it the Kung
0: Fu grip. <laughs> Well, moving on. Um, so Danny Boyle officially accepted the role of director for the 25th official Bond movie. Because he's Sweet. 26. But uh, With John Hodge, who wrote Trainspotting, Trainspotting 2. Uh, T2 Trainspotting. Yes. <laughs> you wrote this guy. T2 colon Trainspotting. Uh, Daniel Craig will be back. Um, Sony has lost the distribution to Universal I think this is all stuff I've talked about but um, it's been previously announced that the film would debut in the fall of 2019 no word yet as to whether that's still happening but I would guess it probably is I always like to go fall and the idea of them pushing back an entire year seems ridiculous so I think just about every Bond movie has been released in the fall so um, so yeah, we're getting a Danny Boyle movie. I like this. And Purvis and Wade not doing the script. And I am ready for new writers on this. It's nothing against them, but they've turned out some bad movies too. Like uh they've done every single script since Tomorrow Never Dies. So like <sighs> while I have good memories of Tomorrow Never Dies, like the script is insane when you like really when you really like think about it. Like the whole plot of that movie is this rich guy who owns a media empire is basically supposed to be Ted Turner. Um, start wants to start a war between great Britain and China so that he can get exclusive broadcast rights to China for the next like 25 years. Yeah. That's the fucking plot of that movie. That's insane. World's not enough. Terrible movie. Uh, die another day. Terrible movie Oh that's really bad Casino Royale is really good And I wonder if they got Ghost writers for it <laughs> <laughs> Quantum of Solace is fine If you watch it right after
1: Yeah you got a tag of that On back of Casino Royale
0: Yeah but it doesn't work So great on it's own But if you remember Everything that happened In Casino Royale Works pretty good Skyfall was really good uh, Spectre was fun The first time And then like I tried to watch it again And I was like oh, This isn't very good <laughs> <laughs> so it's like and it's the writing stuff that bothers me when i watch it again you know so i'm i'm ready for them to move on from purvis and wade so uh hopefully they'll stay out and do something else do something else man you've written a lot of bond movies like it's time to move on so yeah
1: it'll be interesting to see where they go with that um just because i think they do have a real good uh danny boyle's got a really good touch with or with the. Uh,
0: 007. Yeah, and he had the the James Bond reference in train spotting. Yeah. Yeah, he had the uh, I've got the target my shite, shmish, money penny. <laughs> yeah. And then shoots shoots the dog in the ass and then a bites, bites his him owner. In the day. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so great. Yeah. But I think Danny Boyle's done a lot of, Have a you lot of stuff. Have you seen T2 and, yet? No, not yet. <sighs> Yeah, I keep meaning to watch it. You really need to get that. I know, I know. I keep meaning to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. I need to watch it without my wife. I think that's the thing. Like, I brought it up once or twice, and she was not in the mood. And I don't think she remembers train spotting enough. It's going to be a whole thing. I should just watch (laughs) it on my own. I've been watching a lot of Larry Sanders shows, I was telling you. So that's been the... And I got all these deep space nines to plow through, too. So that's my own personal crucible I set on myself. So I've got
1: T2 from the library right now on Blu-ray.
0: Oh, yeah? I got it on Amazon right now. I have no excuse. Oh, then then it's your own damn fault. No (laughs) excuse, dude. It's your own damn fault. I know. I know. I have no excuse. Because you
1: really need to watch that. I could have watched it tonight. You were so... You're just mis-
0: missing out on your own personal love. I know. I know. I've just been waiting. I don't know. I was waiting to watch it with my wife, but then I realized it's probably not going to happen, so I'm just going you know, to watch it. You know, I,
1: I actually understand that because my wife, she likes that, but, like, so I rented or checked out T2 from the library. Um, it was, like, a week ago, and I'd just been like, uh, you want to watch that and she's like ah, ah. <laughs> and i'm like i want to watch it again because <laughs> it was it it is better than the first one okay and i mean just the writing is so good on that movie. i can't like understate that as much
0: you know the the whole and eh, with <sighs> the wife thing uh i have had a role reversal of that with my wife with uh the new season of the handmaid's tale because like the first season was so good but it's so fucking depressing it's so depressing when you watch it and she has brought up three times you want to watch a handmaid's tale and i'm like no not right now it's not like i'm saving them to binge them or anything like, but it's, it's just, just like, like I don't
1: want to go in that dark place right now.
0: Oh, yeah. I'll get in the mood for the dark place. But I've had, like, very challenging things in my life the couple of, the last couple of weeks. The last thing I want to watch is something that, like, makes me depressed when I'm watching it. You know what I mean? I when I'm totally a, get it. When I'm in a good mood, I'm totally fine watching that stuff because I can watch it and then just not linger on it. But when I'm already depressed and then you watch something depressing, it's just like... It's too much. You know what I mean? Like I need to watch stuff that makes me happy right now. So yeah, that's why solo was good. It made me happy. <laughs> so
1: did you, uh, watch the Martin short? No, I totally, Martin.
0: I totally forgot. Oh. I'm sorry. Why don't you break it down for me?
1: So it's, a, it's a hour and a half special on Netflix. Um, And it's uh, Steve Martin and Martin Short doing a stand-up special in North Carolina, I believe. Um, And it is classic comedy at its best. I mean, it is perfect. I mean, they do a really good job of, like, splitting the show. Because they do, like, uh, the introduction, they do... Martin Short and uh, Steve Martin together and then they kind of break off and they each do their own segment and then they end the show together and they do a really good job of like playing off each like the way they play off each other is fucking golden um, and it was great because it's one of those things like you don't know how long these guys are going to be around yeah and but they're still fucking hilarious cause I mean I have a Steve Martin record that's older than I am <laughs> or about the same vintage anyway yeah
0: and I still fucking listen to it and laugh I uh when I had Spotify I was like listening to some old Steve Martin albums did you know he has more music albums than he has comedy albums I could believe that. He has a ton of music albums where he's playing banjo. And I found that out by accident because I was like looking for King Tut (laughs) and it had his banjo version, which I then listened to the album and it was good, but it was like the only, it was the only funny song on the album. Like they're all just like instrumental stuff where he's playing banjo and stuff. And, uh, but with like a full band and everything, but. Yeah, they did another version of King Tut, which wasn't that funny. It was done more as like a bluegrass kind of thing. But King Tut was such a crazy song when you think <laughs> about it. It's like cocaine's a hell of a drug, <laughs> dude. It's so hard to explain that. Like, you can't you can't listen to that with your kids and then explain that and have them laugh or anything. Like, no, King Tut. They were like touring him through America, and so. He was like a celebrity almost because people were talking about it. So this is treating him like he's a celebrity now, which is why he says he's my favorite honky. By the way, honky is a term that they use for white guy. That, you know what I mean? Like the, you can't explain that song anymore. There's too much to explain. You know, I do love like he should have won a Grammy <laughs> for no reason other than like, you know. want King give, Tut. Yeah, he's King Tut. King Tut. <laughs> where'd you get so funky did you do the monkey I don't even know what that's in reference to funky tut <laughs> dancing by the Nile. ladies <laughs> love his style <laughs> rocking by the Nile. he ate a crocodile gave his life for tourism <laughs> well we just sang half the song <laughs> <sighs>
1: I still laugh at that
0: shit yeah. Oh, I do too. Dude, his albums are so fucking good. I was um Oh, which one was it? I don't know if it was Let's Get Small or Wild and Crazy Guys, but I started listening to it with the kids and I'm just like, "Okay, don't say any of these words." And then just started listening to it. They were laughing too. I mean, like it's still it's still pretty funny stuff. There's a little bit that's dated, but most of it is just like absurd comedies, so it still works, you know.
1: Yeah, and it's it's kind of funny because you can tell they're like old guys trying to get like into modern technology,
0: sort of. Oh, talking about Martin Short and Steve
1: Martin, yeah, and um, but. It's funny cuz they really come off as old guys trying to like understand technology today. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but yeah, th- they
1: work it in so well that the comedy really works. And I enjoyed it a lot. Um and I my wife didn't enjoy it as much as I did. <laughs> like I I just fucking sat there and laughed and just belly rolled cuz I, I mean, their brand of comedy hasn't really changed in my lifetime. Um, but, I mean, the jokes have kind of modernized. I mean, they're still not making jokes about doing cocaine, but they're still making jokes about doing cocaine in
0: the 70s. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, they realize... They've got to realize at this point, like, you know, they're both legends in comedy. And so it's like, that's probably what you have to lean on because their experiences are not the everyday experiences of people. Although that was never really their comedy anyway. They've always been absurdist, like both of them.
1: Yeah, to their, no, own, their their own
0: way. Yeah, yeah, their comedy has always been absurd. It's like Steve Martin definitely has like explored other areas. He's written lots of stuff. He's done movies like Novocaine, where it was like, you know, I don't know that it's a comedy. It has funny parts, but it's like it, you you. It's you like a might call mystery. it
1: a dark comedy but it is more of a murder mystery yeah
0: i think so so like he's done other stuff but like his comedy is tends to be absurdist for the most part um yeah so i guess like that that age is okay because it's like there's still absurd like if anything shit's gotten more absurd like any like if you watch eric andre it's just like he's working on a level completely Ooh. different from what they worked on And, you know, or Tim and Eric, like, I think I told you about that, that Tim and Eric bedtime stories and I just watch it and I don't know what to think, but I watch like four or five of those episodes, almost like it was a social experiment (laughs) because it's just like, I don't, there's nothing funny in it. Like, I don't know why you would ever laugh at it. Some of it's so fucking grim. It's like crazy that it's like done by these comedians. But it's also ridiculous. And i just like, I don't know what to even think about this. But I'm like drawn to it because it's so weird. So like, if anything, they're like the grandfathers of absurd humor. I think. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um. So I watched that. Oh, I think it was like last Friday night or Thursday night. It was like the day it dropped on Netflix.
0: <laughs> you were in.
1: I'm like, well, because they... They had been going on, like, the late shows promoting it, uh, Martin Short and Steve Martin. And just, like, they were on Jimmy Fallon and just fucking took over the show. I mean, Jimmy Fallon couldn't get a word edge. Yeah, you
0: were talking about that last week.
1: And so I was like, I don't know what they're doing. And, like, I finally found, like, oh, they're doing a Netflix special? I'm fucking in. And so I watched it, and I fucking loved it. And then the next night so I'm I just got Amazon working so I could actually watch stuff. So I'm flipping through and I found uh it was George Carlin's last HBO special. I saw died.
0: that. Yeah. I am but I haven't seen it since it aired on HBO originally. So. It's, it's kind of rough to watch. It's from what I remember about it it was much akin to his other specials, which is, like, he's just very grouchy. Yeah. And, and very cynical about it. Like, George Carlin got more cynical as he went along.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, I I always felt like his... So, I'm, like, a huge George Carlin fan. Like, I've had... I probably still have. It's hard to say because my CDs are scattered to the wind. But, like, <laughs> I, I have many of them. But I feel like I had, like, seven or eight of his albums. And like watched, if I didn't watch every TV special, I saw most of them. And uh, his best chunk, like his best three albums, were all in a row, and they were his early albums when he first went counterculture. So it's like AMFM, Class Clown, and Occupation Fool. Like those three are fucking gold. Like yeah, those I are have his best uh, albums. Class
1: Clown on on vinyl. vinyl so yeah.
0: do I. Yeah. But um, they're, they're fucking phenomenal. Like, all three. And, like, if you haven't heard AMFM or if you haven't heard Occupation Fool, like, fucking listen to them. They're gold. They're still hilarious. Yeah, and, and I think you can check out paints, the full
1: albums on YouTube if you're interested.
0: Yeah, and the way he, like, paints the stuff, it doesn't matter that they're so old because he's, like, when he's talking about. Stuff that pertains to that time and place. He's so descriptive with like his setups that it doesn't matter. You understand where he's coming from and what he's talking about, you know? Um, but they're, they're great albums. And as he got older, like, I mean, I still would enjoy some stuff, but for the most part, he would just, he's such a buzzkill when you watch him in his later years, you know? I still loved him, but like, he was just like, So, like, ah, fuck all of this shit. Like, that's basically... Yeah, fuck this, this fuck this, fuck this. Yeah. yeah. And it's a fucking dick. Like, that's basically like a George Carlin line right there. Like, everything is fuck this and
1: America is one giant stroke off or something along those lines. (laughs) And if
0: you don't know that America is a giant stroke off, you're the fucking dick. Like, that's basically like a George Carlin thing but uh he was a genius so i don't mean to take away from that or anything but um and i
1: like i said i enjoyed it but it was like i could really see like the
0: grouchy old man
1: really coming out
0: yeah yeah and we've been seeing that since the 90s yeah (laughs) like i think the last
1: george carlin that i watched and because I think it was, like, 91, 92. It was, like, during the...
0: Persian Gulf
1: War. Persian Gulf War. Yeah. And I think, because that one, it was really interesting, like... It's also cause he had a really very good negative, take. though. Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a really good take on what was happening. I mean, but it was definitely, like, anti-establishment. <laughs>
0: it's funny because when i was saying all that i was thinking specifically of the album because he's talking about how like like it's basically the president putting his dick out there and like even the bullets are shaped like dicks yeah and then he's like but if you think about it that's basically what they're doing to the american people fucking them <laughs> like, yeah classic george carlin right there <laughs> yeah i can't remember the name of that album but uh I, I listened to that was the first George Carlin album that I owned. But the first one I heard was uh class clown. My yeah. dad played it for me and I thought it was hilarious when I was a kid, but he just played the class clown side. And then uh, I was like, let's listen to the other side. And he's like, uh, no. And like, it really bothered me. And this was uh, my parents were divorced. So I was visiting my dad. So I remember he went to take a nap. And then I quietly like put it on the turntable and listen to the other side. And I was like, oh, my God, this is so great. (laughs) (laughs) Because that's the seven words you can't say on television. (laughs) Do you remember like the Simpsons had this one thing where uh, Cressy the Clown is just like having all these problems and he's getting all these lawsuits. And then he's like, what? George Carlin suing me for what? His seven words you can't say on television are totally different than mine. (laughs) Well, excuse me. And then they go, Steve Martin's on line three. (laughs) I remember that. Yeah. So fucking great, dude. And that just ties in everything we were talking about. (laughs) Well, I have one other piece of news to get to, which like nothing transitions today because there's no connection between any of them. No. No. Um so Jamie Foxx was announced by Todd McFarlane to to be playing Spawn in the new Spawn movie so So I don't I'm cool. Uh I guess sure. i am not like super up on Spawn and I I, I never was. I
1: yeah, s- watched the movie movies. No, it, was, was, it was a movie. And I it thought was there was horrible. a sequel to
0: it. No, it's just that John Leguizamo's performance was so big oh. that you probably thought it was two movies. <laughs> <laughs> that movie was fucking dog shit. Fight me. <laughs> the movie was terrible. So, I
1: got <coughs> one quick news thing, and then uh, I was going to end something here. Okay. Um. So... It was announced that uh, Fox and Disney are officially going to go to the table on July 10th and decide whether or not they're going to do the big merger. Okay. So we're going to find out for certain on July 10th or shortly after. Because it looks like they're, since Comcast threw in a higher bid, they're uh looking at ways for uh Disney to sweeten the pot.
0: So well, Disney Cause it,
1: the way the way this article and it was we got this covered.com. Um the way this article is written in, and it looks like the way they're they really don't want to sell it to Comcast. They really want to give it to Disney. Well
0: Disney So here's what I what I'm to understand. Technically, Disney had offered them more money, but it was all in stock options, which means that Rupert Murdoch didn't have to, like, give a big chunk to the government in taxes, okay? The problem is that when Comcast offered the deal and they did it publicly, Disney's stock dropped by a couple points, so it took down the worth of the offer. Now with Solo, their stock just dropped two and a half points again. So, like, because Disney's offer is all wrapped up in stocks, which will save Rupert Murdoch money, their stock is dropping, so the offer is becoming less. Does that make sense? Yeah.
1: Um, I know because they before they did the first uh, offering, Or the second offering between Comcast and Disney, because Comcast made fox and Disney. Yeah, well, Comcast and Disney put in a bid at the same time, right?
0: But you said between, but but before that, Comcast. Okay,
1: before that, Comcast had made made an offer on Fox, but by all by
0: all accounts, they never took the Comcast offer seriously. They were already in negotiations. Well,
1: Rupert Murdoch nixed that personally. Because of all the uh, F- or the FEC requirements going into that. So they're really trying to like... They personally want to get... Would rather do business with Disney because they don't have to deal with the Time
0: Warner like Monopoly stuff with the FEC. Well, Time Warner is its own, its own monster. I did look that up after we were talking about that a couple of weeks ago. Like Time Warner, AOL... HBO all that is underway. part of no. Comcast. No. Comcast is NBC and Universal it's part of Comcast it's not I'm telling you they're not they're not the same company they're different like Time Warner has a lot of stuff but not Comcast like Comcast is its own monster it's got NBC it's got Universal like and that's a whole umbrella into itself. So, because there's only what five huge media companies there's like Fox there's Disney there's comcast there's time warner and um whatever what's cbs under uh i'm not sure (laughs) it might be cbs universal i don't think cbs is universal but let's find out we'll bring google in for another thing and google you better not tell me a bunch of shit i don't need to know what company owns cbs
1: CBS's parent organizations are CBS Corporation, Westinghouse CBS Holding Co. Inc. and the CBS Television Stations. So there you go. So it's basically its own thing.
0: What companies are under Comcast?
1: According to Wikipedia, Comcast Corporation is an American global telecommunications conglomerate that's Okay, the they're not giving me a lot. Hold on. Television.
0: We're going to Wikipedia here. So they have Xfinity, AT&T, NBC Universal, that's what they got listed. And then what companies are in Time Warner?
1: Check out these results. The
0: first is okay, list of assets. So, yeah, they got HBO, Turner Broadcast System, Warner Brothers. That's all they really list for Time Warner. Yeah, okay. So it says right here on Wikipedia Time Warner is the third largest media conglomerate, television networks, and film TV, and entertainment company in terms of revenue after Comcast and the Walt Disney Company. So I think Disney's first, Comcast is second, Time Warner is third. So, all right. I only know this, and I literally only know this because of the Fox Disney potential merger because i'm learning all sorts of shit about these companies because i'm like is it gonna fucking happen or is it not gonna happen i want disney to win it but because somebody's going this is the thing all the people who are like bitching about it like oh that's one less media company okay valid point dude also one of these other four is swallowing it up that's gonna happen so if it's gotta be one of them i want the one that Like reintroduces my my uh, Marvel characters with each other. The
1: chance that we get X Men versus uh, Avengers. (laughs) Well,
0: but but, but the good version, not like the comic book. (laughs) The Comic book was horrible. But it's just like I like I, and I don't want Comcast to win anything. Like it makes me feel guilty for even watching Star Night Live, knowing that Comcast owns them now. You know. Yeah. Oh, God. The new James Bond movie. Comcast is putting it out. God. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> See that horrible connection I just made? Ugh. Anyway, so we'll know by July... July 10th. 10th. Okay, so coming soon. Yeah. So, um,
1: I thought I'd end the show here. Because... I've been touching on uh, the life and times of Hunter S. Thompson. And this is kind of a sidebar to that. And um, I wanted to talk about Johnny Knoxville. Okay. Star of Jackass. Yeah. Because um, he was actually friends with Hunter Thompson.
0: Was he? Yeah. He did an interview with Bill Simmons. And I listened to the first 15 minutes and I was like, I can't hang with this for an hour. <laughs> he just annoys the shit out of me, but I could see how he'd be friends with Hunter. <laughs> yeah. Um.
1: And so I just kind of wanted to touch on a few things that uh, Johnny Knoxville has done with his life. <laughs> um. And the, what brought this about is he's got a new movie in, theaters called uh, action point which i like i saw trailers for it but i didn't realize was in an actual place oh <laughs> like because you see if you've seen the trailers it's like this fucked up amusement park yeah where they're like using tractors to pull people around and shit yeah and- i
0: think i saw it in one of the movies i went to uh, maybe Super Troopers. I think it might probably have had a commercial in front of Super Troopers. Yeah, that's the only thing I can think of that would have had a trailer for that.
1: <laughs> so, but it it was an actual place, and this is from thechive dot com. Okay, uh, Johnny Knoxville is friends with the Gonzo King himself, Hunter S. Thompson. We're not exactly sure exactly how close of friends they were, but Hunter... Ha- Thompson liked him well enough to ask him for a grenade.
0: <laughs> I feel like he would ask a grenade of somebody he didn't like very much, though. Fair enough. <laughs> but he
1: asked Johnny Knoxville for a grenade. According to an interview with GQ back in uh, 2005, Johnny or uh, Thompson left this voicemail on Johnny Knoxville's inbox. Johnny, we were just sitting here talking about you, and we started. <laughs> and we started talking about my needs. And what I need is a 40,000 candle power illumination grenade. Big bright bastards is what I need. See if you can get them for me. I might be coming to Baton Rouge for to interview uh imprisoned forward Louisiana governor Edwin Edwards. If I do I'll call you because I will know a because I will looking to have some fun, which you know usually means violence.
0: That's great. Was that the only one, or
1: that's the one with Hunter S. Thompson? Okay.
0: Well, yeah, that's all I want to hear about then. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's always good to close off with Hunter. So we put in an hour here. We did we did some good work. I mean, Google did a little bit of the heavy lifting, but we did most of it oh i feel maybe 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 google can help us out with that george carlin album name that we can't remember you think it's right off the tip of my tongue too yeah i feel like i'll know it as soon as i hear it but okay google what's the name of the george carlin album that talks about the persian gulf war
1: here are some results the first is from wikipedia
0: Yep, that's it. Jam in New York. It's his 14th album. Jesus, I didn't even know he had that many albums, and I know he had some after that. Wow. Impressive. Anyway, all right. Thanks, Google. Take it easy. Respect the outdoor. Thank you for listening to the Not Safer Network. Check out one of our many other shows, Charles Orr Horror Show, Geek Lantern's Light, Movies with Wrestlers, Real Roulette, The Alien Movie Project, Montucky Skies, and We Had a Good Life.